0: listening to the Autism 411 Podcast with Dr. Tamara Moody from the South Florida Autism Charter School.
1: Welcome to another edition of Autism 411 Podcast from the South Florida Autism Charter School. I am John Roger with your host, Dr. Tamara Moody, and we're glad to have you again, Dr. Moody, to talk uh, more about autism and the world of autism. But first, obviously, we want to remind everybody that this podcast is recorded during uh, actual hours here at school. So if you hear any sounds in the background, that's because we're taking care of business, right? (laughs)
0: Yes, that is true. So if you hear uh, a scream here and there, don't be. We're good. I promise.
1: (laughs) That's true. Well, today's uh, special podcast, we're going to be getting perspective of uh, parents who have been involved with the school since the start. Um, Because I know a lot of folks have talked to us about what what is S Fact, you know, or, or what do you guys do? How long have you been doing this? And you said you just got your first campus. Well, that how can you be doing it for so long if you just got your first campus? But there's actually a deep history. To S Facts going way back when, and that's kind of what got you guys started. Why don't you give us a brief history into S Facts and uh, kind of how you got everything started and how uh, this all got you know pushed together?
0: So I, you know, I'd love to be able to tell you this story, but our guest today, Miss Susan Leon. And her and I have gone back 15, 16 years. And uh, I believe she tells the story better than I do. I tend to get a little bit shy or leave out most, what I consider the most important part of our venture. And actually Susan and I met years ago when we were at a private school in Aventura. And I would say that she's seen my growth, my dreams, uh, when I first decided I wanted to do S-Fax, it was on a napkin from my office. And then that merged into a piece of paper and several papers later. Um, so, yes, we've been open at S-Fax. Now we're going into our 12th year. But Susan and I are coming as far back as... When we were at a private school together and I was the director there, and she had a child that attended. Her and I have uh, driven all over Hialeah trying to find this home that we're in right now. So yes, there's quite the history there, but I would love to introduce you again to my partner in crime, Ms. Susan Leon.
2: Good morning. Great to be here.
0: So Susan, yes, it's great to have you here. Not that we don't talk every day, but I think folks need to to, to understand where we're coming from and why we're so passionate about the things that we're doing. And um, so we met, how many years ago was that?
2: It's been almost 17 years now, wow, actually. I'm
0: thinking 15, 17 years now. Um, and so you all know, Susan has a son in our program, Reno. Love him very much. Um, my big, teddy
2: bear uh, so you remember when you met me like how that was where we were how it was a very interesting day I can say that back then I was living in Kendall and you were at a school in Aventura and I heard about your school and I thought it was well with outside of my reach but my mother is a dreamer so she made an appointment unbeknownst to me and she called me and said we have an appointment with Tammy Moody tomorrow and I said "Oh, okay and What was unusual about that was that you didn't do tours back then, but for some reason you did mine, and I feel like it was serendipity. It was like just meant to be when we met. We hit it right off. Um, We told you our story. You seemed very moved by it. You showed us your school, and we were very impressed by what you were doing. And everything just started from there. Reno enrolled, and you made such a big difference in his life, and I was a believer from day one.
0: Yeah, and I I remember you started
2: out with me um, think you were volunteering and I was like oh can I hire you because
0: you're so awesome.
2: Yes I was a PTSO parent first just helping and volunteering and then I had a background in grants and legislative um, affairs so I started helping Dr. Moody with some funding and then we got to know each other a little better and she told me about her dream and how she wanted to have what she called a one-stop shop. And we got to talking to a couple of other parents who are board members of the school now, um, started the school with us. And as luck would have it, the four of us came together, Dr. Moody, with her vision and her dream and her plans and her napkin drawings and her paper drawings. And then we graduated to PowerPoint drawings, Mm -hmm. but um, she shared her vision with us and our other two board members, um, Mr. Cambo, who was a charter school builder, and Mr. Pierce, a charter school developer, So they provided the charter school expertise to us and the four of us set about starting the school.
0: Yeah, that feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah, and then um, do you remember when we couldn't find a place? When we, we applied for the charter, we got our charter approved, And we just couldn't find a home, and we're like, we're gonna do it in my garage.
2: We had to have a lease by a certain date, so we got a little bit desperate. We knew the general area that we wanted to be in was Hialeah, or Hialeah Miami Lakes, or Miami Lakes, so we just got in the car with a laptop and started looking for places, knocking on doors. We actually knocked on a couple of church doors, saying, hi, we're opening a school. Do you have some room for us that we could rent? And people thought we were a little peculiar, but um, we didn't find anything. Um, but we didn't give up, kept on looking. And then I got the phone
0: call from this mysterious, uh, he was the mayor of Hailey at the time, Julio we Rabai. and I was like, what does he want? I'm not meeting him. And then he ended up being like, I, I consider him the godfather of Facts because he found us a home at the 7400 West 24th Avenue with our first 81 student. We had our first lottery and it was just an amazing feeling to see how many families just heard about us and wanted to be a part of what we were about to venture on. And it so happens that a lot of those families are still a part of us. Whether they've aged out and they're in our adult program, or uh, they are still in the school. A lot of our board members' children are also still here. So, so I have known Reno now for a very long time. I could talk about him until the sunrise. But like, tell
2: our viewers about Reno. Reno's a very interesting young man, um, very affectionate, very intelligent, very unusual because he is not verbal. He does not have verbal language, but he has language. He just doesn't have speech. So he is able to understand everything that's said to him. He can communicate by writing, by typing, typing on a computer, typing on a phone. Um, It's frustrating. It can be very frustrating for him. I've heard it said a lot over the years that, oh, people that are diagnosed with autism, they're in their own world, they're somewhere else. Reno is not, he's very present. He understands everything you say. Sometimes people take for granted how much our kids understand. You can't talk about them when they're there in the room with you because that can be hurtful to them. You wouldn't like it if I was talking about you to the person sitting next to me, like you weren't there. Mm -hmm. So he's taught me a lot over the years about about autism, about people. The way that Reno communicates makes him very unique because he is able to type or write text on a phone to communicate his needs. And it's been a work in progress over many, many years working with Dr. Moody and with the different staff that have worked with him over the years to get to that point to be able to communicate that way. Um, Reno does exhibit behaviors which are common to autism sometimes way back when in the beginning, um, some of those behaviors were aggressive towards other people. He's learned over the years that that's not okay with all the ABA intervention that we've done with him. Sometimes, unfortunately, he turns those behaviors on himself. He can exhibit self-injurious behaviors. What I can say is that with so many years with Dr. Moody, all of the suggestions that she's ever made my husband and i and my family we have faithfully implemented them and we've seen so much progress in reno i always tell parents that i meet early on in their journey you know be patient go to the trainings learn from dr moody follow what she teaches you because you will see progress you don't always know what it's going to be like at the end you don't know what it's going to look like but it will be better um, I can definitely say that with 100% confidence. It's not always what you think it's going to be like, but it's definitely the, the children will improve. And Reno's come a long way. I mean, every behavior you can think of, he's probably exhibited it, <laughs> and we've found a way to replace it with something more appropriate and and help him along in his journey. So he's he's doing good.
0: And I'm I'm happy
2: you use the word
0: replace versus. Um, change because we don't, like, we're not gonna fix the behavior. We're gonna replace it with something more appropriate. And and that's extremely important and our audience understand that. It's all about replacing the behavior with something more appropriate. And yes, Reno has had his, you know, behaviors over the years. But again, Susan said it best. One of the things that I, 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 I want to do or strive to do is to make sure our parents understand that it may not, well, I suggest may not work the first time around But that doesn't mean that you give up and it's not a race it's a marathon and i've been saying this to susan and her husband mario and all the families that you know i have an opportunity to work with you know pace yourself don't get burned out on the first go around pace yourself it's extremely important that you know you need your energy you if you're not good then you're not going to be good for your child. And, and, and that's one of the things that we've talked about
2: over the years. So, so I mean, I know you work here. How difficult is that? It's definitely a balance. And what you just said a moment ago, definitely I have to touch upon that because you can't bring yourself out too early. I did that very, very early on, before I met you even. And my family members picked up on it and they helped me see what you always say, that it is a journey, It's it's a lifelong thing. Um, And you you have to maintain a positive attitude and you also have to take a moment every day to appreciate life. Life is beautiful. It may not be the life that you thought you were going to have, but you can find something beautiful in every day. You have to find a moment every day to smile with your child, even when they've driven you crazy and they've broken everything in the house before you go to bed that night, you're gonna cuddle up with that kid and you're gonna smile and you're gonna hug him and you're just gonna love him so much because at the end of the day, life is short and unpredictable. Mm -hmm. We definitely learned that in the past year. So you have to always remember that while you go on this journey. Now, working here Mm -hmm. and having a child with autism definitely has its challenges, but I have to say that way back in the beginning when we started this journey together, you and I, you probably knew because you're very wise But I don't know that I ever really appreciated the the impact that this would have over the years because looking back now 12 years later, you know I can say in the beginning, I definitely was on board when I met you. You had this amazing vision and you had this incredible energy and all this knowledge and I could see the progress in my own son. And I thought, wow, we're going to do something so great and we're going to help so many people. And I'm going to help my son. And I'm going to help some other people, and that's going to be great. But I don't think I could have ever visualized just how big it would get, how many people we could help, and the impact that it would have. Yeah. So that definitely is a very reinforcing part of the job. You know, every year I don't do parent tours anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had many different job responsibilities over the years, and that's not something I'm doing at the moment. But I have always appreciated the opportunity to meet new families, and and just try to be there for them. Yeah. Um, maybe like with what I've gone through or just what I've seen over the years because sometimes they come in, like I did many years ago, with that, I'm gonna fix this perspective. And it's it, you can fix some things and you can improve some things, but it's gonna be whatever it's gonna be. And you have to be strong enough to accept whatever that is and wise enough to appreciate whatever it's gonna look like. And some families need a little time to, to move along and, and to accept that. Um, and and once you do you can really you can be happy and you can have a very happy life and I think it's really great also something that the school has brought about is a nice community of support because as parents we can talk to one another and we can really understand one another Um, unless you really really walk this path it's hard to understand even my own mom who's just so unbelievably supportive she's like my rock She doesn't live with Reno. My husband and I always say to each other, nobody really, really knows what it's like except us. There's a lot of people in our life that have a very good idea, and they have a lot of sympathy and understanding and consideration for us, but parents are the ones that really, we can feel each other like we understand what the other one is going through so that's something that i really appreciate about aspects being able to give that to other parents and being able to receive it sometimes when i need it yeah you know that that camaraderie
0: a parent said to me yesterday actually um dr Um, Nestor, that one of the beauty about our parent training is that when she goes to it she leaves off oh wow it's not just me. Oh wow. Oh yes. Oh, oh, it's not just my child that does that, and it makes her feel good. And sometimes it makes her, and a lot of time it makes her appreciate her boys as well because you realize it could be worse, you know. Um, and I think that's one of the things that I like about S facts is that we do have parents like you that work in the school. We have like about five or six parents who work in the school, that children go to the school, and they've taught me a lot. Like whenever a decision needs to be made or something I need to do for our student, I'll run things by them. I'm like, what do you think as a parent perspective? And I think that is what make us uh, as transparent as we are too. Because Folks come and they see that there's parents in the classroom. There's parents at the front desk. You know, there's parents in the office. Um, and I am so happy that you're a part of our team because you and, and Reno has taught me a lot. You know, I love to say he's my guinea pig. I tried things out on him before I tried out with other students because uh, our kids are so different. They're like snowflakes. There's no two thing kids as alike. So something that I try with Reno may not necessarily work for... Johnny, right? Um, so is Reno involved, I, you mentioned that he's nonverbal. I want, your, I want the listeners to, to understand that even though he is nonverbal, he's still very much a part of the community of the school. Like, is he a part of, like I can't recall right now, is he a part of any of our oh, yes. extracurriculum um,
2: activities? He's been in basketball club, he's been in the media club, um, the dance club, creative movement. The media club in particular, I was so impressed with how the teachers found a way to incorporate somebody like Reno because Reno actually did a broadcast with his iPad speaking for him. So it shows that there's a lot of possibilities for you know, the individuals like Reno who may not have speech but who have language. Mm-hmm. And I can say definitely that it, participating in these clubs gave him some confidence. And I think it's also been a really positive experience because he has been spending time with these peers in the school that have a little bit more language than him and might be a little bit more social than he is. So that's been very positive for him, too. But definitely, just because an individual is nonverbal doesn't mean that they're not functional. Reno's been at the school since the day the school opened. He's like a fixture here. He knows a lot of the teachers, a lot of the families. And just because he's nonverbal doesn't make him all that different from other people he's got his personality does he (laughs) um you know i mean he's a pretty he's a pretty interesting guy i have to say that he's always the best gauge of character for me with other people because if reno doesn't like you there's something wrong with you i mean the kid knows he knows people he maybe because he's so quiet he can observe people but he's he's an exceptional guy
0: yeah he is and um and you know Susan talked about the the activity that he's involved in and I always I when we opened the school the school was open for students like Reno over the years we have had other students who have come in and they're a bit they have more language or they're they have speech or they may not exhibit the same type of behavior, but they all have autism. And having Susan and other parents in the school has kept me true to, we opened the school for the Renos and the school mission and vision should always stay for the kids like Reno. You know what I mean? Um, again, Susan, thank you so much for being a part of this. But you know, a parent who's been here for a long time and, have, uh, and, and your child is, how old is he now? He's 21. He's 21 and he, He's, uh he's about to age out and um, he you know like what would be to keep because I see a lot of our parents are like one of the things that I am gonna be doing later on is to bring someone in that's gonna be able to talk about mental health How do you keep I mean yeah you're my friend so I know sometimes you go insane yourself exactly but how do you keep on coming <laughs> back to being strong because you I mean as a parent, of a child with autism, I feel like you guys are like the strongest people there is, you know? But how do you keep keep going?
2: Well, something that I try to instill upon parents that I meet that are having a tough time or complaining, because I've met some parents that get really, and I understand, they get bitter, they get frustrated, they're tapped out, we all get tired, we all get stressed, we all reach our breaking point. I always try to remind myself, it didn't really happen to me. Autism didn't really happen to me because if I wanted to, I could walk away. Reno can never walk away from his autism. I can take him to my mom's house, I can get a respite person to come to my house. I went to Italy for my 25th wedding anniversary, my mother watched him for a few days and I got a break and it was it was great, I'm not going to lie. but he can never escape his autism. He can never escape being nonverbal. He can never escape the things that cause him to have behaviors. So even in my most difficult moments, I always try to remember that and be strong for him. And I'm not gonna lie, you do have to make an effort to be strong and positive. Since the very beginning, from the day he was diagnosed, even though I first took the "I'm gonna fix this" because I'm a Type A personality, and I had to reach the point at some you know time that I had to understand that I couldn't necessarily fix it, but it wasn't about fixing it; it was about working with it and accepting it. Um, you know, I I used to have to wake up every morning and make a physical effort to be positive and to be strong, and you just have to keep doing that and you do it for your child and it's something that you always say build that village around you i couldn't do it without my village you're a huge part of my village my husband my family my sisters you know that's what keeps me going too because i know that i have support yeah and it's not something you can really do alone
0: oh definitely i think that i've been saying that now for the last couple of years more so like build your build your village, reassess your village, look at who's in your village, because it's this is not a one-man show. So who do you, I mean, when you get to those breaking points, because I've seen a lot of our parents get to those breaking points, like, what do you
2: do? How do you deal? I mean, it gets hard, okay, in some ways it gets easier as they get older, and in some ways it gets harder, to be completely honest. Like right now, I'm reaching a crossroads Reno's twenty-one, next year is his last year in the school, and then he'll move on to the adult program in the center, and that's gonna be different, and that's gonna be an adjustment. And you know, you just have to do the best that you can and keep doing what you do every day. Being positive, you know, being proactive. Um We all have our moments when we wanna be sad and feel sorry for ourselves, and yes, we're allowed to, but we can't dwell there.
1: Yeah. You
2: have to at some point pick yourself up, dust yourself off. I do think, and I learned this from you and from my sisters, who like instilled this early on, like, stop it, you're not taking care of yourself. You gotta take care of yourself. You have to take care of yourself. Yeah, you know, I always, I always say, I have to live a very long time, or as long as I possibly can, to make sure that this kid is okay, you know, when I'm not here anymore. But I mean, it's, yeah. it's also about quality of life. You know, you, you have to be good with you before you can be good for them. So, I try very hard to do that. Didn't do so good during the pandemic. Not gonna lie. The pandemic was not so great for a lot of us. You know we all got off our diet, we all got off the exercise routine, but you gotta get back on you know just all of the healthy habits in your in your daily life that you do, and just the positive thinking, try to be positive, you know count your blessings, yeah, even on the days when they drive you crazy, you still gotta count your blessings, yeah.
0: God Susan, thank you so much for sharing. I, I, I feel like um, parents, uh, I, I sometimes wonder about parents because I know how difficult it is. I'm here. Uh, I don't fully understand some of your concerns, or but I do understand that this is, it's not easy.
2: No, I mean, I've always said, the way that I've always described it when people ask me, I call it bittersweet. Yeah. Because there's a lot of bitter that you have to deal with, but there's a lot of sweet. So if that's your palate, you know, if you can deal with bittersweet, if you like bittersweet chocolate, if you like bittersweet, you know, foods or whatever, good. Um, But that's just the way that I look at this experience because autism is really hard. It's not something anybody asks for. Um, It happens. And then you have to deal with it. You have to, you know, grow and be strong and and do what you can to deal with it. And I believe parents, you know, you love your child and you're going to dig deep within yourself and you're going to find it. And you can do it. You know, it's and it's okay to be down sometimes and it's okay to be frustrated sometimes, but you just gotta go back to, you know, the the foundation of it all the love. That's your child. You know, you love your kids. You love them more than anything in the world. My husband and I always say that. I say I love you, but I love Reno more. And that's okay because we both love him more. He's just the most amazing thing in the world. We love him to death. You know, he's us. He's an extension of us. Yeah.
0: Well, again, I, 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 I value your, your commitment to Fox. I appreciate your, you, you being a part of it because you guys have taught me so much. I'm happy that you believe in the mission that we're doing. Um, and I'm happy that you trust, you know, having your child be here at Fox, And I appreciate your sacrifice that you also make to have Reno here because you're still driving from far. You're still coming from Kendall on a daily basis to, to come to holiday. That's quite the journey that, and the sacrifice that you've made. And I think that you're a of, um of just uh, a model for parents to see because you are right. You, your, your sisters, your mom, Mario, you guys have a strong village there. And I think that even with a strong village, sometimes it's tough. Um, so can you imagine the person who doesn't have a village, the person who doesn't have that support system that you do have. So again, Susan Leon is with us this uh, today talking about her experience as a parent of a child, of an adult with autism, a person who work in the school and have to juggle being a working mom and also having an adult child with autism, how it all started and and where we are right now and what we're about to do in the future. Um, And thank you again. I can't thank you enough for the opportunity to to be able to be a part of your life and Reno's life. Thank you. It's
2: a privilege to be at Aspex.
1: Well, Doctor Moody, that was uh, a very insightful, you know, here to hear to that all that today. Um, I think one of the biggest takeaways that uh, Susan mentioned and that you've talked about as well, I think that we should hit on before we end the podcast is the village, because you know we talk about it as if that's a second nature, but for a lot of families, they are that, especially ones that are just starting, they don't have a village, they haven't built a village, they don't know how to build a village. What's the best way to get started on that?
0: I mean sometimes a village is not even the best friend right if i was building a village for any of my children the person who asks me about my child the person who says to me okay dr moody how is Skyler doing you know is there anything that i can do for Skyler because at the end of the day it's not about that person that you care about the most it's not that person who you may grow up in the same house your village could be people who are strangers or people who are you've just met. You know, a lot of the parents love to say that I'm a part of their village, but they don't really I'm not blood related to them, but I'm a part of their village because I care. I'm a part of their village because I ask questions. I'm a part of their village because I want better for their child, right? So, and you're and and, and you may want your sister to be a part of your village, but she lives in a different state. Your village need to be here an active part of your child now that you're around, right? It can't be a village when you're no longer around. If my child sleep on the left side of the bed, they should know that, because they can't come around when I'm no longer here, because it's gonna be difficult for the child with autism. But but let me correct myself. He should not be sleeping on the left side of the bed all the time. You should move the bed around so he sees to generalize. (laughs) It shouldn't be that, this is the way it is at all times, because when you're no longer around, it's going to be difficult for that person. Well, the quirks person. are
1: important. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, there's quirks.
0: Yeah, I have course. Start. I have, like, I don't really like the lights on in my office, you know. Um, there's things that I don't like, and, and that's important that we celebrate those too, right? Um, but the village, I, and back to your question, is like, how would we go about doing that? I would look at my child. What does he need? Who is he going to need to be a part of his village. If my child has other disability, other than the autism or he has another, the doctor should be a part of that. You know what I mean? Um, the dentist should be a part of that, the therapist, the people you're bringing into your home. But most importantly, who is gonna be helping me with him when I no longer can help him?
1: And I imagine that that question, when it's asked, you start to find that Maybe the people you were friends with, or that you knew for many, many years, it just don't seem like that. That's going to be able to be a part of it. Yeah, um, and that's shocking for a lot of people. Oh
0: yeah, and sometimes just even your own family members may not be because I mean, and I think they mean they they mean well, like they want to be a part of it. But you have to also be realistic and look at their circumstances. Do they have children with special needs as well? You know, are they able to? Does their job take them away from from here? often you know what I mean do they have the means to take care of my child who can eat you out of home (laughs) you know on a daily basis what kind of support are you going to leave for your village or what kind of help you need you know if I had a village it probably wouldn't to help me financially but just to help me emotionally because different people are going to have different place in your village and that's important to
1: note Definitely. Dr. Tamara Moody with South Florida Autism Charter School, here. our Autism 411 podcast. And Dr. Moody, if they want to reach you, or if they even have a question maybe for Susan, as someone who's worked with a child with autism for many, many years, um, if they had a question for either of you two, how can they reach you?
0: Yeah, they definitely can reach me at info at sfacs.org or follow us on our Instagram or Facebook. You can always send us a message there. And Susan does work for the school. So um, if you send us at info at sfacs.org, I'm sure she'll be able to answer those questions. But her most thing that you probably could ask her is as a parent because that is her best job. She's a great mom.
1: Very good. Well, Dr. Moody, we thank you again for this insightful information, and we look forward to hearing from you again for another edition of our podcast.
0: Thank you for having me. This has been the Autism 411 Podcast with Dr. Tamara Moody from the South Florida Autism Charter School. To learn more, visit sfacs.org.